Rocco of DFAT's own Critical Mass and Star Warriors podcast. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm happy to be back. You know, I, I think right off the bat, before we go into anything, I'm just going to do a, a teaser that we've got two great Star Warriors podcast planned for you that may have already been out by the time this episode comes out, or at least one of them might be. You're going to host us for the Bad Batch review of season one. Yes. Yes. I'm very, very excited about that. And I'm going to host us for a general discussions of Star Wars Legends because I've really kind of fallen the deep end into Star Wars Legends, something I wasn't really super involved in. And I'm loving a lot of the stuff in Legends. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's all very interesting stuff. Definitely. I. I'm looking forward to getting to cracking into that as well. Yes. So before we started recording, we were shooting the shit about grocery stores and the mm-hmm. extremely bad beer you're drinking, yes. which is uh, what Empire Brewing Concord something. It's called Deep Purple, and it's an ale with 100% Concord grapes. And to anyone that that loves grapes like I do, that sounds pretty great, um, but it doesn't taste good. So I drank that on um, the episode we did about Roman politics of the Bull and Moose Tavern podcast. We're like, mm-hmm. we don't want to drink a wine, but this we do a beer. This has got grapes in it. It'll be perfect. We both sure. struggled through that mm-hmm. drink on that podcast. It was rough. So tonight I've got a nice smooth uh, scotch here. I've got Nick Offerman's uh, Lagavin, which I've drinking before on this podcast. It's very smooth. Nice. And I have one more of those grape left, which I've got to power through. But I also have Ellicottville's Horchata Cream Ale. Oh, you know, you don't know the setup you just gave me. uh, Because in talking about Buffalo and Tops, I wanted to talk about Ellicottville really quick. Oh, boy. Shit on it a little bit at the beginning of this podcast. Have you ever been to Ellicottville? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, okay. Okay. So we have friends who have a cabin there. They're skiers and they're like, it's great. It's this amazing town. And me and my wife love Lake Placid, but it's sure. a five hour drive from it's here. A long drive. But I'm like, I've it's also it. a skiing town, but there's so much mm-hmm. to do there. This must be like the Lake Placid of over here. <laughs> nope. It's a one stoplight town that barely has any stores or food in it. And the tops is like the big M in gates. And that's the only grocery store. And I'm talking, it's the same size as a big M. It's not a tops market. It's like a local grocery that tops bought and converted. Wow. And well, the brewery too, right? Or is the brewery not even in town? I don't know. But we were like, we needed something and we're like, we got to go to like a Wegmans or a Walmart or a Target. And I'm on my phone and I'm like, 
Oleon's the closest place, and that's a 35-minute drive from here to get any of the items we're looking for. Jesus. Place sucks. So our new, and it's bigger than uh, Lake Placid, but our Lake Placid of this area is Ithaca. Hour and a half drive. Super fun. Tons of stuff to do there for family and kids. We're going in a week and a half for a weekend before Nessa goes to kindergarten for the first time ever. So, no, it's that's a Ithaca's a great. My brother went to Cornell, so I'd been there a bunch of times, and it's just a great place um, to be. I have definitely walked around Ithaca intoxicated many times. Yeah, just avoid Ellicottville. It's it's nothing special. Well, uh, like I was telling you, I was in um, I was in Wyoming, New York. Um, and they don't have a Wegmans there. They have a Tops and a Walmart, and they're both in the same plaza with the McDonald's <laughs> and the remnants of a Hollywood video, uh, you know, from the times of yore. And um, yeah, like the Tops is nice, super clean. Um, everybody's very friendly. I found that to be very odd because the Tops in this area, I don't find many people to be very friendly, and I don't find them to be very clean. Um, I think the one in Spencerport is like really, really nice. But like other than that, but that wasn't always a tops that has been multiple grocery stores and then tops bought it. Oh, um, the one in Gates was nice for a while when they built the new one. Um, I don't know if it still is the one in Brighton's kind of junky. Um, if you ever read the Brighton police blotter, it's just four pages of someone stole something from tops and we were called car robbery. Someone stole something from tops and we were called four more someone stole something from tops car yeah. robbery so i'm like that tops really exactly but i'm a wegman's guy always have been always will be i just i i like wegman's i always i love it for real groceries always wegman's for some of that stuff that post pandemic has gotten a little bit harder to find <laughs> at wegman's target and then every now and then Trader Joe's for some of those random items that are Trader Joe's exclusives. See, I don't know of anything at Trader Joe's that's exclusive that I know of that I even know exists. They have some really good cookies around Christmas that you can only get their Trader Joe's branded cookies. Um, Okay. They have like a, a frozen shrimp tempura that you can just heat up in the oven and their shrimp tempura sticks. So it's like these random items that like, you know, you're not going to be eating these every week, but if you want to splurge, sure. Hop by Trader Joe's. You see something and go, that looks interesting. You know, that Trader Joe's for fact is a high end Aldi. That doesn't surprise me. Is it owned by the same German company as Aldi's? So it is the same German company. So it's a funny story, I guess in Germany, the guy, the founder of Aldi or whatever, had two sons. And when he passed away, he split up the company between both sons and they wanted to move it to the U.S. But in the U.S., due to our stock exchange or something to that effect, don't quote me 100 percent, but to that effect, they you can't have two businesses with the exact same name. Gotcha. So one son kept Aldi and the other one created uh, Trader Joe's and made it more high end. But the, the, the same products, not really the same, just a higher end of the products that Aldi would have. So I found that very interesting. 
my my parents shop at all these every now and then and uh my dad bought a snack for my daughter from there that she fell in love with and i really like it's this german cookie bar called a mm-hmm. noper and the best all way right. to describe it is it's like a s'more on the go it's like a wafer cookie with like a hardened marshmallow i don't really know huh. exactly what it is and then chocolate and it's really delicious it's a s'more on the go called nopers from germany that's awesome that's that's awesome when i lived when i had roommates man aldi was my jam dude i could 15 dollars, and i got groceries for a week uh you know i got sick after eating food from the brockport aldi's one time so i got super turned off by aldi's but it was also the brockport aldi's yeah you probably just got sick walking in to that store let alone you know any of the products there yeah, I mean, so uh, from then on, I just did my grocery shopping at Walmart and Wegmans when I lived there. That's fair. That's fair. I, that That's a nice Walmart, too. And that's hard to that, that's I mean, my home Walmart is the one on Chile Ave. <laughs> and that's like you need to wear Kevlar or something to go there. I, honestly, it's not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. I'm being facetious. Um, but, you know, it's it's not that nice. No, it's not like the Brockport Walmart where you can go there on Black Friday and pretty much get any of the Black Friday deals because no one drives out to Brockport to go to Walmart. Yeah, not a single person does that. Even Um, peak Black Friday at Walmart in Brockport doesn't reach like a regular Saturday at Walmart in Webster. Oh, yeah, yeah, I believe it. Or Victor for that bet that Victor's got to be nuts. Victor's really small if you've ever been to it. Yeah, it's, it, it's I a have. weird Walmart. They they also also have some weird constraints by town code. Like they can't be open before six. They can't do midnight releases. They put a whole bunch of town codes in place to prevent them from being like a regular Walmart out there. I, I'm telling you, like some town codes, like after I became a homeowner and realize the lack of certain town codes that I want um, that I start to like understand them. But there are some that are just super, super strange that I just don't get weird. What the town can stop you from doing with what is apparently your property. It's your property, but you can't build a fence as high as you want it because it's against town code or you you can't build this structure because you didn't get a permit for it for your property. Exactly. And, you know, you have to pay for the permit. And that's really what it comes down to is they just want a little bit more money and a little bit more money. You know, like I had some freaking asshole from the town asking me about my pool and my pool is not a permanent structure. So I'm like inflatable one or it's a no, it's sort of I mean, it's the size of a real pool. But it's one of those nice inflatables that like you can take down if you want to. Yeah. And we do just because like over the winter, it's just an eyesore. Yeah. Um, So, you know, it's 7,500 gallons. It's 18 feet and by four feet. And again, it's it looks like a real pool. And it's just like that is not a permanent structure. So I don't need a permit. So fuck off. Like, oh, oh, okay. Like you, you can come check it out in the winter. It's not there. Like, 
if you really have a problem with it, you could come check it out tomorrow and it wouldn't be there. It's <laughs> not I, a real pool. I no, I wish. You know how many days it takes days. Oh yeah, to, to fill that thing. And to like taking oh. it down is longer than putting it up. Oh, there's no like little hole that you just let it drain from. Dude, it's 7,500 gallons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So like it, yes, you 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 undo all of them. And I take out one end of the pump because it's got, you know, a whole pump. It's got a heater. It's got everything. It's like a real, like I said, oh, it's, it's got, got everything. Heater? Yeah, man. That's nice. It's, it's a solar powered one, too. So it only sucks if it's not a sunny day. But if it's a sunny day, ooh, nice, beautiful. I had it at like 82 at one point. Just perfect. Beautiful. Kids love it. Best money I ever spent. You know what I like, but I never got uh, those non-permanent hot tubs that they sell at like the festivals in Rochester mm -hmm. that like you can just dump them and then store them in the garage for the winter. Yeah, man. I mean, it's the same. It's the same idea. And I, yeah, I'm definitely, I've looked at one of those, but I think if anything, I want a real hot tub, like a real one, you know, like, and, and someday we want a real pool, but this will have to suffice for now. But yeah, I mean, a grant, not, not that I'm trying to do a commercial for this, but for a thousand dollars, that's all it costs for this pool. Yeah, I, you know, the coolest pool I've ever been in was I went uh, to Mount Killington in Vermont in the middle of winter, and they had a heated pool. It was heated oh. to, I think, 90 degrees. Nice. So that we got to go swimming, and it was literally snowing above us, but it was so hot that before the snow hit, it dissipated. Dude, that's that's the best, man. I... uh I went to a cabin with a bunch of friends over the winter long time ago and the back deck had a hot tub and we were in, it was the winter. And just like you said, as the snow was coming down, like it just melted It was wild, man, that hot and cold dichotomy. It's just, just oh, wait for when the, you've been drinking the defect company party at that cabin. We're going to rent somewhere. I'm telling you, I'll be naked. And everyone's I, just going to deal I, with it. I don't want to deal with that at all. Well, <sighs> You know, before it's a, it's we get a risk, in, you take, uh, no, uh, be, before we get into our main topics, you had mentioned that you weren't advertising for this pool company, but we're going to do one of these really awkward ad things that we have to do because, uh, I like classic video games. Do you like classic video games, Rocco? I like all video games. I'm well, non-discriminant. Well, what's your favorite classic video game? Oh God. Favorite classic video game that I probably dumped the most hours into, uh final fantasy eight Ooh, I, I never got into final fantasy eight i was a seven and nine person but question do you still have a ps1 in final fantasy eight yes i do oh well then you don't need ridley's gaming realm <laughs> but for someone out there who is looking for final fantasy eight and a playstation one you may need ridley's gaming realm it is a facebook page to talk classic video games and buy and sell classic video games great community look for it on facebook Ridley's gaming realm. Yeah, their their site is awesome. They they do new stuff too, but yeah, it's mostly the classic and older stuff, which is super cool. Yeah. They they are really cool guys and have a really cool site on Facebook. I'm just starting to get into this Facebook marketplace thing because I'm trying to sell my old soundboard. Uh, because at some point, first of all, this mic is hooked up USB with recording remote, and I want to get a Zoom pod track P4 instead as my next podcasting device, if I want to have multiple people 
in studio. It allows up to four people in studio. So it's super cool with battery powered remote recording. Oh, yeah. Up to two hours on AA batteries. And it's got a USB-C port. So if you have one of those um, power stations, Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. can plug that in. When that runs out of battery, if double A's are in it, it'll automatically switch over to the double A's and you can plug in another um, battery station to record longer remote. That's that's awesome, man. That's that's really that sounds really awesome. We're using a Scarlett uh, Focusrite Scarlett audio interface um with it's got 18 hookups to it so you can do 18 inputs i don't Um, know if i'd ever have 18 people that i need hookups for what's cool about it is it's like all these different instruments so like we can have someone come in with an electric guitar someone come in with a keyboard someone you know and as long as they have the right hookups they can all go into the audio interface and can all record at the same time um which is awesome and wasn't cheap, but what's cool is that it's all into the interface. It's all real audio inputs. Like the mic jacks are like the real, mic the tr- real three XLR mic jacks. Yeah, XLR exactly. But then it all goes to USB into the MacBook, and it just to me sounds beautiful. Um, but this was five hundred dollars. <laughs> yes. So um, the Zoom has four mic inputs with four head foot headphone uh outputs on it um each headphone has its own gain each mic has its own gain wow you can if you need to input four can become a cell phone input instead so if i'm on like a skype call and import three can become a computer import so like a zoom call and then it will you can record directly from the device to a computer or you can put an sd card in it and record to the SD card. And on the SD card, it records each mic as its own track. And oh, that's beautiful. Has uh, four programmable buttons for sound effects. And those get recorded as their own track. So like I could have my intro music as button A, the campfire that plays underneath is button B, and then the outro music is button C to run the entire podcast right from the device that's that is awesome that uh the singular tracks you know multi-track recording oh man i miss that doing these remote shows through zoom because we used to do everything like in the studio face to face and with my device i can do multi-track recording if everyone's in the room but once you go remote you know oh that's awesome at least uh you know digital it would at least allow two tracks you would be a standalone track and then um your phone call would be a standalone track and then if you were if it were you and dan in the studio with a remote guest you would get your three tracks so it does have a little bit of that capability in it that's awesome that's awesome yeah i know in sensitive culture they have an input for uh joaquin's cell phone yeah um because i'm i'm on i'm out with my family you know at my in-laws house and Joaquin texts me and says, Hey, do you have a, a minute for a question? And I wasn't thinking anything of it. And I was, I, so I just called him. I just picked up my phone and called him and he didn't answer. And I was like, just give him like two minutes. He always calls back. So I like waited two minutes. And then of course, just like I was right, he calls back. And when I pick it up, I hear a bunch of laughing and he's like, Rocco, you're on insensitive culture podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just like, oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really cool feature. Yeah, it is a super cool feature. Well, with that, we should probably get to our primary topic for the day. And Rocco, I, I want to ask you, uh, do you remember this glorious event I'm going to explain to you? Um, about five years ago, a buffoon of a man headed down a golden staircase in which he could not walk because that would waste his vital energy that he's limited on and came to a podium and warned us that they're not sending us their best while declaring that he would be the next president of the United States. And that golden man with wavy unkept hair is one Mr. Donald Trump. Do, do you remember that event? I, I not I mean, yeah, when I, I do, I remember, I remember too much about Donald Trump, I think is the problem that we're having here, Jake. Okay. Is that I, God, I hate that man so much, but anyway, so if you haven't caught after that, the primary topic is going to be political today. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I want to talk a little bit about how Donald Trump warned us about Mexico sending their worst and how we need a wall at Mexico. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we should really be concerned about Canada. They're yes. sending us their worst in cases. We need a wall with Canada. There's been some, some bad exports from Canada. And don't get me wrong. We've got the likes of like Ryan Reynolds. And as much as I used to hate him, Justin Bieber and some other great Canadian exports. But we've also got some of the scum of American politics right out of Canada. Yes. So this is very true. Let's talk about the fact that Canada is not sending us their best. And let's start with a one Mr. Raphael Cruz. Uh, he likes to Ugh. go by Ted. And when his state is in dire need of support because their electric grid fails, he likes to run away from Texas to Cancun. He keeps going south. Canada yeah. to Texas to Cancun dude just runs away from everything. I, honestly, like I just uh, leadership is, is something that like you accept and like, okay. So he's the, the Senator of Texas, correct? He's not the governor of Texas. He's this, he's a Senator. I'm pretty sure he's a bloatfish that lives in Texas. No, he, he is one of their senators. Okay, so his job isn't really because this is the argument I've got. Well, is it's not his job to run the state. His job is to represent the state. And it's like, okay, well, if you're going to represent the state, then when they're in an emergency, you shouldn't leave. And if you are leaving, it should be into your office in Washington lobbying to figure out what the fuck to do to help your state. That's what you should be doing. Not going on vacation and then blaming on your kids like a coward. Well, I will take a moment to stand up in defense of Ted Cruz for one minor thing. Must you? Yes, only because it also shits on some of the problems with Texas and why they got Ted Cruz representing them. He couldn't do anything in Washington at all because Texas was like, we don't want to be part of the national grid, so oh, we don't yes. have your controls. So he couldn't do it anyways. But the man was in Texas at the time of the storm. Instead of fleeing Texas for Cancun, maybe he could have 
used his money to hand out some mutual aid to the state of Texas, his local community provided shelter to people. Yes, his house was cold, but he probably lives in a McMansion. He could have mm-hmm. allowed some people in, get bodies in there. It would start to warm up, allow people to survive a little bit better. But instead, he packed up his suitcase and got right out of Dodge when things got tough. Exactly. And it's just it's an absolute. Uh, it, when the going gets tough, the tough get going, I guess, apparently. But and it's just like, dude, if he could really sum himself up in one action. It's that like that action sums up who he is as a person. And Mr. Rafael Cruz was born in Canada. He was not born in America. His American citizenship is what's called birthright citizenship, that his mother was American. So he is American by birthright. The man tech. Technically, would have probably been challenged if he became a presidential candidate on whether or not he could actually run for president because he was not born in America. Uh, and and just the hypocrisy of what his party says, um, the things that they put Obama through, um, you know, and then you've got this bag of dicks, this awful, awful slime of a human being. It's just it's it's the hypocrisy. It's the constant conservative hypocrisy. And we're seeing it in such a simple, simple way of where someone was born or his American birthright while turning this way and saying Obama's Kenyan or some shit. And he's Canadian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he has not given us anything of value. So I would like to implore to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, please take Ted Cruz back. We do not want him. Yes, please. You can have him back. Um, we don't even want anything in return. You just it's a gift from us to you. Do you have any final thoughts on Rafael Cruz? Um, I loved uh, the SNL sketch where um Britney, Britney Spears has. Did you see this one? I, I the Britney Spears one. So it's a it's a sketch that one oh, of the characters is where Chloe is playing Britney Spears. Correct. And eighty like an playing? apology show. Yes, eighty is playing Ted Cruz. Yes, yes. And they have these awful, awful people like uh, that did awful things. Like uh, Andrew Cuomo was up there, and Gina Carano was up there. And Ted kept like trying to compare himself to them. And even they were like, dude, no, 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 I am, I am nothing like you. Like you are an awful, awful piece of garbage. And I just, it just sums it up so well. SNL, they don't always hit the nail on the head, but they did with that one. I, I do need to take a moment uh, because there is a great statement that describes uh, Ted Cruz. And I believe it was one Senator uh, Lindsey Graham Uh, He said something along the lines of uh, if a senator murdered Ted Cruz in the Congress and all Congress people saw them, no one would vote to convert, convict the person who murdered Ted Cruz. Wow. Lindsey Graham said that. Yeah. Lindsey Graham said that. I'm trying to pull up the article on my other screen. All right. Here we go. Here's the exact quote. 
if you killed Ted Cruz on the floor of the Senate and the trial was in the Senate, nobody would convict you. Wow. That's harsh. Yeah. That is harsh. So as we continue down our ride of four bad Americans, and I'm going to leave or four bad Canadians affecting America, I'm going to leave who I think you will find as the worst for last. I'm going to talk about one Mr. Gavin McGinnis. Do you know who Gavin McGinnis is? So I don't. This was one that I, I wanted to take this time to have you maybe walk me through this guy. So high level overview. Have you heard of a company called Vice News? Yes, I've definitely heard of Vice News. Gavin was one of the three founders of Vice News. Um, as Vice turned away from Gavin's views, uh, he left Vice to go do his own thing. He started a online show. I'm not sure what it's called. But then he started a small little organization that's kind of blown up over the years called the Proud Boys. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh. So Gavin is the founding member of the Proud Boys. He has since apparently disavowed the Proud Boys, but he used to be a big speaker at the Proud Boy things. He created the whole thing, like beating them in. And there's something about cereal with the Proud Boys. I, I don't know. But Gavin is their founder. Great Dude. Canadian uh, actually started out in the United Kingdom and then at some point went to Canada and then came to America. That's England playing a long game. Um, no, but, <laughs> um, uh, the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, the whatever the hell they are, these little sects of dudes. This is a group of men with such little dick energy. And that's literally what they're based on. There are there are so many self-hating closeted men that are in these groups. And it, it makes me sad because they feel they hate themselves so much that they join these organizations like Proud Boys. If you try talking to one of these people, you just really feel bad for them. And I do. I really do. And this guy for oh man i can't imagine how much little dick energy he exudes himself what's his name again gavin what gavin mcginnis okay his name is gavin first of all yes, gavin. gavin i don't McGinnis. know anyone i like named gavin i can't think of a gavin of whom i even enjoy being around but yeah canadian export founded the proud boys Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. yeah uh his family moved to ottawa and at some point he moved down here and he's apparently down here on a green card right now. And he founded the amazing organization of the Proud Boys, which is now on charges, at least a couple of them for January 6th. The insurrection, the terrorist organization. Yeah. Yeah. So another Canadian export. So Justin, if you're listening, please take Gavin back. You can have them. We'll mail them to you. We'll pay shipping. All right. As we continue down, I I got one who is not originally from Canada, but spent some formative years in Ca uh, Canada. And that is a Stephen Crowder of Louder with Crowder. 
yes, that's um is that is that Fox News? I'm sorry, refresh my memory here. No, it's a YouTube show. It's a YouTube show. Okay. I can't you can't keep up with the conservative pundits. They're either on Fox News or the OAN or you know what I mean? So this is a YouTube show. Yeah. So let's be clear. Uh, we're going to shit on Stephen a little bit. Uh, Stephen, I think, is currently in the hospital with a collapsed lung. Uh, I do feel bad for the man. He has two children. Um, but this happened shortly after he he's one of those debate me bro guys. He is the debate me bro guy. Have you ever seen that meme? Like, I think Star yeah. Trek's better than Star Wars. Debate me. Yeah, that's him. That is a picture of him. He got oh, wow. famous by going to college campuses and like debating college students that may not know as much. And then he did these other YouTube pranks. Like uh, he dressed up like a woman and worked out in Planet Fitness and tried to get kicked out to show that Planet Fitness was like mean to transgender people. Oh but- my God. Everyone was nice to him. And what finally got him in trouble was the fact he was dropping his weights and grunting. So the lunk alarm went mm-hmm. off mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the lunk alarm. he got banned finally from Planet Fitness because Planet Fitness found out that he was trying to use them for a publicity stunt and then tried to be like, you're only doing this because I'm transgender. And they're like, no, Stephen, we know who you are. Yeah, uh, he's an idiot. He's yeah. he is an idiot. Yeah. Um, but people do people love these kind of people. I just did a. I just googled him really quick. I know who he is. Yes, I've seen him before. Um, but uh, I don't know what's worse is these commentator pundits or the people that really subscribe to them and follow them. Do you know what I mean? Like the weak minded that are just watching this, and be like yeah. I agree with everything he says. What? Yeah. And just to be clear, he was not born in Canada. His mom was Canadian. He moved there when he was three and spent his formative years in Canada. Um, Just across the border for us. And he recently had a big bit of famousness because with his debate me bro culture, um, he wanted to debate. Do you know who Evan Klein is of H3 media? No. Uh, It's a pretty big YouTube show. This is going to all be within the YouTube verse. Um, And Evan does not know anything about politics. Um, Stephen was supposed to debate this guy named Stephen, or not Stephen, uh, Sam Cedar, who hosts the Majority Report, which is a left-leaning YouTube politics show and used to be a radio show. And he was supposed to debate him at like Politicon or something. And like the day before the debate, Stephen backed out. So there's been for three years now, like debate Steve, uh, Sam Cedar, debate Sam Cedar, yada, yada. Well, so he's supposed, Evan Klein was going to get him tricked. The day he was supposed to debate Evan, Sam Cedar ended his show an hour early and he was going to sneak in to surprise Stephen Crowder. Oh, boy. Steven canceled the debate uh, when Sam's show went off the air. Sam didn't believe Steven was watching. 
So the next week when they rescheduled the debate, Sam pre-recorded his show. So he looked like he was still live and uh, hopped on to the show. And Steven had a full blown panic attack about Sam being on there, refused to debate him and ended up canceling the show. Oh my God. So not only is he one of these right wing wing homophobic racist commentators on YouTube that have like a bunch of younger men flocking to him, but when he has weak men, when he has an actual challenge, he flees because he's, it's only about ratings. The, the man wears um, the gun straps on his show. Yeah. The pistol straps on his show. Because like, it appeals it appeals to a subset of man that is so insecure with themselves that when they see the gun straps, they say, that guy's a badass. That's what I want to be. And so I have to listen to what he's saying. When normal people will look at that and say, that's excessive. Like, are you in a, I mean, it's not excessive if you're in a current combat zone. So if he were to step out of his podcasting booth in like Kabul or like, you know, like the Gaza Strip. Well, I'm sure, sure he's not volunteering to go fight the Taliban now, um, though. I've seen a couple big right wing commentators like Nick Fuentes now. Um, are actually pro-Taliban because they're anti-vaccine or something. Oh, my God. Well, the GOP agenda and the Taliban agenda are so strikingly similar. And it's scary because, like, you can like, so I tried with uh, a conservative um, to, like, explain how Muslim extremism and right-wing extremism or really just the Republican party right now are very much the same. And you use very direct talking points and yet they still just don't believe it. It's like, you're showing them this is a tree and the tree is directly in front of them. And they say, no, that's not a tree. It's like, dude, it's literally right there. It's terrifying, Jake. It's terrifying. Well, I mean, since we're doing a politics podcast, let's, let's take a moment before we get to our last sure, comedian sure. that I, I want Justin to take back uh, as penance for the wrath he has pushed upon America by allowing these people to cross the border mm-hmm. um, and talk about what has happened with the Taliban. So I actually, this war has been going on for two thirds of my life, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started when I was about 11 or 12. And it's been going on for 20 years now. I don't know much about the history of Afghanistan. And to be honest, I saw a picture the other day that was like, you can't be complaining if you can't figure out where Afghanistan is on this map. And it was just like a map of like Mm -hmm. Asia in general and Mm -hmm. had the borders drawn. I'm going to be honest with you. I got Afghanistan wrong. I was one country over from where Afghanistan was probably did better than some other people would. Uh, I'm sure you did. Um, I'm sure you did. I didn't realize the Taliban were in control for about five years before in 2001, we invaded, we overthrew them. And then we've had this very lax uh, government that have, we've been told when we leave, they're ready. 
they're ready. They're ready. They're yeah, ready. But- we pull out within like three months, they fall. And now we're hearing they didn't care enough about their country to defend it. We well, gave them everything they need. We spent $8 trillion yeah. over 20 years in a mm-hmm. country where we hear about our deficit and our deficit is currently $28 trillion. Yes. One third of our total deficit is, is just that war in Afghanistan. Well, yeah, that's actually, yeah, it's not military. It's simply that war in Afghanistan. And it's wild to me because... You know, if you look back a long, long time ago, and let's be honest, I'm I am oversimplifying. So there are going to be many of you that are listening that probably know far more than I do. Um, But uh, America's involvement in Afghanistan, as far as I know, stems back from the Cold War when there was a fear of Russia taking over Afghanistan. So the we're early spreading communism. Yes, to, we to Afghanistan and we aided them. We provided we them aid and weapons. N- no, we provided the Taliban aid and weapons. Correct. To fight the government, which was Russia friendly. Correct. Yes, exactly. So, you know, that, that our history there goes back very, very far. Um, you know, and it's wild that that area is, is still at war all these years later. Um, but uh, I don't know, man, like 20 years, 20 years, you know, it's been 20 years. If you, if any other business was given $8 trillion to invest over 20 years, and we found out that investment went bust within three months. Mm Mm-hmm. You would be blaming the people who ran that business. Of You'd course. You'd be blaming the generals, mm-hmm. Bush, Obama, mm-hmm. Trump, mm-hmm. and I guess Biden. Sure. I mean, he had his say for eight years in an administration. He did. I, I, that is true. He, you know, I don't think it's fair that he's taking all the blame right now, but he has blame to take for absolutely voting to go to war for being part of the Obama administration and letting things happen. Absolutely. There's no argument there. There's no argument there that every president since W and vice president for that matter, since W has blame yeah. for this ins- war. Instead, we're hearing how it's the Afghani people and how they didn't, the Afghans, how they didn't care enough about their own country to take a country that was war torn before we came in, been in constant war for the past 20 years, and then be like, nope, we're out of here. I don't well, think leaving troops in there was the right thing. But we also got to realize the area we're talking about, the Middle East, has been in constant war since like World War One. A lot of the times because of imperialism and poor decisions by Western European and Western countries. We went in after the war and divided these countries and said, we're going to draw borders without caring about who lives where. And we created a quagmire, a muddy situation in the Middle East that there is no clear situation to. And 
it's not just Afghanistan, it's Palestine, it's Jerusalem, it's Iran, it's Iraq, that whole area. It's not an easy solution. And we think the solution is just military intervention. But Jake, it is our reality television before television even was a big thing. It has been because they're brown people, so they don't matter. They're not even real people because we are white Americans that can go play in that sandbox because their lives, they don't they don't matter because they don't matter at all. We can just hear about it. We can listen about it. We can talk about the drama of the whole thing. Nowadays, we can watch it on television. We can see it on our Facebooks, on our Instagrams. And we can say, oh, my God, look what's going on in the Middle East. And we look at them through this lens that they're not even real people. And that's what it is, man. It's desensitiz- It's desensitization. Because we don't care. We don't care. <sighs> yeah. Well, I think let's talk about our last Canadian that has done some serious damage in the United States and has kind of disappeared off the face of the planet. And we'll talk a little bit about the history around that. Um, But first, to introduce this, uh, Rocco, I want to introduce you to some simple rules that you should live by. You should be standing up straight with your shoulders straight. Treat yourself like someone you are responsible for helping. Befriend people who want the best for you. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not the useless person you are today. Do not let children do anything that makes you dislike them. Set your house in order before you criticize the world. Pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient. Tell the truth, or at least don't lie. Assume the person you're listening to knows something you don't. Be precise in your speech. Don't bother children while they're skateboarding and pet a cat while you encounter it on the street these are not exactly jordan's peterson's 12 rules but they are the digested read on the guardian i'm introducing one dr jordan peterson i i don't like him i i my first memory of jordan peterson was he was interviewed on the daily show and they eviscerated him um the man i don't know what's wrong with him there's definitely something wrong like up here and i don't mean that in like a like i mean i think that there's something wrong with him um and then, uh, you know, fast forward, how long ago? You remember the Captain America comic that everyone went crazy about? Oh, yes. So it was great because he was being compared to Red Skull and uh, Captain America was saying that he writes things that pander to weaker men and well, and reinforces what they want to hear. Yes. Um, so first of all, I need to correct myself. Those are actually Jordan Peterson's 12 rules. Even the pet your cat, a cat when you encounter one on the street. Um, I don't know what they mean. I've never read Jordan Peterson's book, um, but I'm going to be straightforward with you. When Jordan Peterson first became a pop culture icon, I was a little interested in what he had to say. 
Sure. Um, I thought right off the bat, you know, here's a guy that I may not a hundred percent agree with, but he's interesting. And how he really got famous is Jordan Peterson is, was, I think was a teacher at a school in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And there was something about, um, Toronto had passed a law around uh, gender neutral um, pronouns mm-hmm. where teachers could be fired or fined if they don't use uh, a person's assigned or designated gender pronoun. And like, it was more than just like where we are today, where we see people like with their name and then he, uh, his, yeah her hers and like they them like apparently there were other ones like zer z I, I don't fully know the whole story anymore it was so long ago and initially when he was talking about this he's like look i i not saying that i'm not going to use someone's pronoun but i'm not going to learn 40 different pronouns for people like i'm going to use he her they and i was like there was something semi-appealing around that argument like that i thought was logical i didn't 100 percent agree with them and then i started to follow his career a little bit and he was on shows like dave rubin back before dave rubin kind of went off the deep end and you know when i would listen to some of these commentaries that were not within my belief realm mm-hmm. but i found reasonable that have now since all moved to unreasonable in order to make more money Jordan Peterson, Dave Rubin. And then he became this pop psychologist that started preaching chauvinism and yeah, masculine identity politics that were failing as a culture because of men aren't men anymore type stuff. And it was very men's right. Well, it Stuff. appeals. It appeals again. I go back to this. It appeals to a specific subset of men that, when you say toxic masculinity, they say, "Oh, toxic masculinity means it's toxic to be a man." That is not what it means. Toxic max- masculinity is literally just being a shitty man within, like, for instance, locker room talk. I always use like on critical mass, I always use uh, the term, the F word with the two G's in the middle, right? The use of that word openly in a quote unquote locker room area is toxic masculinity. That is a definition of toxic masculinity. When you're rich, they let you do it. Right. Right. But what I'm saying is, is Jordan Peterson and people like him turn that term toxic masculinity and they turn it into they they twist it into what it's not to then rev up a group of men, a specific group of men, then they're going to get that popularity. They're going to buy his books and so on and so forth. And that's Andrew exactly Cuomo, how it works. you can just say it. Andrew Cuomo. Sure. Andrew Cuomo. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm not a pervert. I'm just Italian. Um, but but, but do you know what I mean? Like, and that's what that's what he does is, is twist these things like the whole defund the police thing. Oh, you don't ever want police. What are you going to do? 
It's not what that means. You take a term and you twist it to fit an agenda. And I think that happens anytime you have a term like defund the police, though, because defund the police does not mean take away the police's money. It means reallocate some of the police's money and stop relying on the police for everything. Stop having the police be our protectors, our mental service institute, our firefighters in some cases, our ambulance people, like send the right people for the call. The police are expected to do too much. And that's what defund the police means. It means yes, reorganize the police, but no one wants to hear reorganize the police. It's not a catchy phrase for either side to freaking use. Exactly. And stop making them uh, be the judge and traffic stops. Like if I was talking to someone about this as I was driving this weekend, like if I'm going 90 and a 55, pull me over, give me my ticket and fuck off. And if I'm too dangerous to drive, take me off the street at that point. Like if I'm drunk or something, take me off the street, but but don't don't shoot me. Don't worry. Where are you coming from? What does that have to do with anything? I was going 90 and a 55. Write me the ticket. Yeah. Well, is there anything in the car? What does that have to do with me going 90? Like, do you smell alcohol? You don't because I'm not drunk. Write me the ticket and fuck off. And that's exactly what that's how it should write me the ticket. I'm not saying don't pull me over. Don't write the ticket. I'm saying you're wasting a lot of time and taxpayer dollars research like i love telling them search my car i dare you to search my car because there's nothing in here and you're gonna look like an asshole and again it goes back to that defund the police where they were expected to do more than they should be doing yeah yeah and to, to take it back to jordan peterson he is the type of person that takes these terms twists them in his books specifically the toxic masculinity thing i just used defund the police as another example yeah, but no, anyway he- He's an anti-political correctness person, and uh, he's someone who looks at philosophy without the prism of time. Um, So there's a great mythologist philosopher. I like Joseph Campbell. Great reads, in my opinion. He consulted with Lucas. He helped write the hero journey. Yep. Uh, He's problematic. If you go listen to his stuff, um, there's some strong racist tones in it um, and lack of understanding about change of culture. But you can read Campbell and Mm -hmm, put it mm -hmm. through the lens of time and still pull lessons from it. Peterson would go back and read Campbell, not pull any of the lens of time and be like, no, these are still great lessons to live by. You know, the thugs on the street are the way they are because they don't have father figures. It's like, no, that is poor belief that with the it was poor belief at the time. But now Mm -hmm. you're not putting any of the lens of time of the past 40 years into those belief systems. And they're even worse. Um, Same thing with the philosopher Bertrand Russell. I really enjoy his work. But if you go back, he talks about savages and uncivilized people and, you know, terms that through the lens of time. Yeah. His beliefs aren't perfect. Um, Exactly. That's why I that's why, like, I don't believe in cancel culture, but I do believe 
that there are many things thematically that are very like problematic. And I think that we need to point out what is problematic and understand that. Like, for instance, a lot of the Disney films on Disney Plus, you know, they will have a disclaimer at the beginning that talks about scenes in these movies that are problematic. And I, I love that because it sparks a conversation with myself and my child and allows us to understand those things and then not repeat those same mistakes instead I mean, of just saying you can't watch this anymore. Yeah. I think that was actually a huge issue I had around because so I don't believe in cancel culture either, but I believe it's a real thing. I believe it's a real thing on both the left and the right and the sure, right raves sure. about it. And they're just as bad, if not worse about canceling things than the sure. left is. But there was recently an example and I, it was around all this stuff happening with George Floyd, where uh, one of my favorite TV shows, Community, had an episode of Community pulled. Um, it was an episode in which they play D&D um, and um, Ken, uh, what's his last name? Ken Jung. Yeah, Ken Jung. Uh, uh, I'm, familiar, in, I'm familiar with this, but continue. Is in blackface. Um, yes. Now he's actually being... A dark an elf. elf. Yeah. And there is a lot of jokes and discussion in it about um, how insensitive what he's doing is. And I think a disclaimer would have been better in that episode, even though it's not that old of a TV show. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the fact that loses out on one of the key points of that episode that it was about the group trying to save a kid who was suicidal from killing himself. Like, yeah, that's yes. the point of that episode. Exactly. And, and it's funny you say that. Uh, do you watch the office? I've only watched a couple seasons of it. Well, there's, so there's an episode where they do uh, Pennsylvania Dutch Christmas. And as part of that, uh, D Dwight is a character has a character called Belschnickel which is like a dirty cousin of Santa Claus. It's like a, it's like a German thing. And Belschnickel has a sidekick, um, Jvarte Pete and Jvarte Pete is depicted as a white man in blackface. And again, lens of time, lens of time. So as Dwight is teaching the office about this, as he is dressed as Belschnickel, uh, Oscar is Googling on his phone about this Christmas, about Belschnickel. He says, Hey, He's got a sidekick uh, who is in blackface. Dwight, this is racist. You can't do this. And he goes, oh, please, we don't follow all the traditions, Oscar. <laughs> then immediately grabs his cell phone and goes, hang on one second. And he goes, hey, don't come up here. And then you see his buddy in the parking lot in blackface. And he's like, got it. And he like walks away. And then later on at the Christmas party that they're having, you see this guy, but you can still see the black paint around like his neck area, but he, you can see where he wiped it all off. And again, the, the moral, the point of that is how racist and awful blackface is. They pulled that scene. That scene has been cut out of the office. So anytime you watch it, and you see that episode, the scene in the parking lot has been cut where he's in full blackface. They cut that scene out. The episode still airs. But that scene is gone. They still keep the scene, though, where you, he's got the black paint right here. I think also we shouldn't go back and edit things with the lens of time. I think warnings are right. Like, don't get me Agreed. wrong. There's other things with the lens of time that just did not age well. 
uh, How I Met Your Mother. Love the show when it was on. You try to watch that now and you're like, oh, my God, this is so horribly sexist. How did we ever think this was funny comedy? But like that would be like going into Blazing Saddles and cutting the sheriff coming into town scene from it. Like, yes, put a warning in it, but you can appreciate art through the lens of time yet acknowledge that what was in there was wrong. And and this is true. But again, I always run what we're saying through a filter. And that filter is, you know, again, uh, something we say on critical mass a lot is we are two cisgendered land owning white men. Yes. Talking about this. We have no idea how it feels to be black and see blackface or hear the N word be said like you and I can't understand that we're never going to understand it. So for those of you listening, we can pontificate Jake and I as much as we want to, but that doesn't mean that we understand how that feels. And we're never going to understand how that feels. We're just not. Here's my message for cis white male landowners. When you watch something that is old or read something that is old, that has not aged well through the lens of time. Learn from it. Understand that it is art or philosophy and can be wrong. Don't go, things were better back then. We should go back to that. Exactly, because they weren't better back then for a certain set of people. And that's just the long short of it. Yeah. So just to finish up on Jordan Peterson. Yes, please. Do you know why this man has disappeared off the face of the planet? I do not. I do not know um, what happened. So I want to get us over to philosophy corner. So I'm going to give you the high level overview of Jordan Peterson disappearing off the face of the planet. Please do. His daughter got him hooked on an all meat diet which spread for a while. I think Joe Rogan had him on and he was trying to pitch the all meat diet to Joe Rogan, which got him super sick to the point that his daughter moved him to Russia for an experimental treatment to get him healthy again. And then Jordan Peterson got COVID in Russia, I believe, and survived. And finally, just recently moved back to Canada. (coughs) Yeah. In 2016, he had a severe autoimmune reaction uh, to food. And late 2016, he went on a strict diet consisting of only meat and some vegetables in order to control his depression and the effects of his autoimmune disorder. In mid-2018, he stopped eating vegetables uh, in 2019, in 2020, his daughter flew him to Moscow, Russia, uh, which is where I believe he got COVID. He got addicted to benzos. Um, yeah, happen. he got COVID while in Siberia. He was in Siberia. And then finally, he returned to Canada sometime last year, late last year. That is why Jordan Peterson disappeared off the face of the planet. Oh my God. And he couldn't have actually disappeared. That's too bad. Um, Jesus. Yeah. I did not know about any of that. Oh yeah. Um, 
you need to listen to a podcast called Behind the Bastards. And I'm pretty sure they have a two-parter Jordan Peterson episode. A lot of my bad knowledge in this show is pulled from Robert Evans' really great research and two-hour-long like case studies on some of these people. Wow. He's currently That's- covering Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Oh, boy, that would be interesting. The racist sheriff. Oh, it's so good. And the most disgusting episode I've ever heard. Only episode I've ever felt like throwing up during Josh Duggar from the 19 and counting family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to know nothing about that guy. I want to know nothing. Nope. Nope. I won't share it. But yeah, listen to Behind the Bastards does a lot better job doing what I'm doing in much more detail. You know, it's tough because um, my best friend, he is one of the smartest people I know. He's extremely educated. Um, he's a great guy, obviously. He's, you know, like a family member. And I was at his house and he had a Jordan Peterson book on his uh, coffee table. And he's a reader. He's an avid reader. He consumes a lot of, of print media, um, which is great. That's an, that's an amazing thing. But I made a comment. Why the fuck do you have this for? I'm like, this is aimed towards weak men and, and you're not a weak man. And man, oh man, he did not like hearing that. He was not a fan of me saying that. And I was like, I don't know what else to tell you. He's like, you didn't even read it. You're not going to give it a chance. I'm like, why would I? I've read enough about the guy to not be interested in anything he has to say to pollute my mind with his opinions that are mostly rooted in misogyny and, you know, homophobia, really. Yeah. And he doesn't interpret it that way. He doesn't interpret it. He doesn't see it that way because my, my friend is not a homophobe and and he is not like a, a chauvinist. So well, he can be, but all of us can be chauvinists. So, again, it just it perplexes me sometimes the people that take in this weird right wing media. Well. For your friend, I would recommend the October 24th, 2020 episode of Behind the Bastards, the Jordan Peterson episode. So, I will recommend that. Uh, two episodes uh, released in October of last year. All right. So I'm going to pull us into Philosophy Corner to end up the day. Let's do it. And uh, when I was on your podcast for your Danless episode still at some point have to talk to Dan about and tell him about that Spose song about him and how yes. he hates mailmen. Um, my fuck you was towards the concept of individualism. And yes. I want to talk about the philosophy a little bit of individualism versus collectivism and how we as a species are royally fucked. If we cannot adopt collectivism in the near future. Um, so I'm again reading a book by Yuval uh, Harari. Uh, this time it's Homo Deus. It's his third book, and it's looking at the future of humanity. And he talks a lot about uh, individualism and collectivism in it. And I truly believe that if we cannot grow to see ourselves as a species, as a community, we are doomed. Because Mm -hmm. we will never be able to fight the threats that are coming at us. Mm -hmm. I look no further to the fact that people don't want to do anything about global warming because 
it's not affecting me. There's no fire in my backyard. You know, maybe my kid will have to deal with it being a little hotter. It snowed last year. It'd be nice if it was two degrees hotter. That's not how it works. You have such a basic understanding. I, I don't want to take the vaccine. You don't know what's in it. And you, and you guys, you, your shills for big pharma, uh, you know, I don't want to wear masks. I, I'm not going to wear, wear the muzzle. No, that's individualism to the extreme of not understanding that what you do affects other people. The world does not evolve around you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Individualism, which is the, prevalent belief in Western culture believes each person, the world revolves around that. I think, I think to people that are like, well, I need religion. How could I live without religion? If, if, because religion keep morals. Well, you only need those morals because of individualism, because you need to know that, yeah, you're an individual that can do whatever you want to do. But if you do certain things, God will punish you. Even if, even if someone else in your community doesn't see you, God will punish you. With collectivism, you have morals because you don't kill the neighborhood baker because he's the baker for the community. And you mm-hmm. know that's wrong. Not because mm-hmm. God's going to punish you, but because you are a group of people. This mm-hmm. whole lone wolf belief thing that you know is f- a flight of fancy around certain groups a lone wolf would not really survive in the wild no. that's why it's a wolf pack they survive as tribes as a group mm-hmm. of people so i just want to talk yes. a little bit about collectivism and how that's going to save us in the long run and it's it's frustrating because they're so these people that celebrate individualism without knowing that it's individualism but that's just what they do but the folks that celebrate this stuff, they can't see past their own nose um, so often. And a lot of it has to do with this inflated ego of an idea that they know more. Like I saw some guy on Facebook talking about how it's ridiculous that people are losing their jobs over the vaccine. And when he's asked, you know, what what industry are they in? He said that they were nurses, nurses he talked to that are afraid of losing their job. And it's like. If you're a nurse and you're not getting vaccinated because of some weird belief that you have, then you shouldn't be a nurse. Like, go find a job at the Jiffy Lube or something else where you're not, you know, like providing health care for another human being. And, and these people don't understand, you know, well, with the vaccine, people are still getting sick. So I don't need it because I might get sick anyway. And what, what they're not understanding is we can't achieve this herd immunity that they keep talking about until most, if not all of us are vaccinated. And you've got to think about other people. I know someone also on Facebook who has a very, very young baby who's not yet one years old that needs fucking open heart surgery. COVID, <sighs> COVID for that kid is a death sentence. So as far as I am concerned, if you are not getting vaccinated and that kid gets COVID and something happens to him, knock on wood, it doesn't, you are responsible. You are responsible, but they don't like hearing that. And when you say that, they lash out. 
and they say ridiculous things and then they you're a sheep and you're a corporate shill, like you said earlier. And it all ties back to this individualistic attitude of I am this lone wolf and I didn't need anyone and blah, blah, blah. And I can just get to, like, no, no, you're just wrong. It's funny to me because I find that certain groups of people that subscribe to individualism are so much easierly drawn into collective cults because you Mm -hmm. can be told certain lies around individualism. QAnon. Mm -hmm. Well, you're important. You can help stop the site, the uh, child sex trafficking ring without you. This isn't possible. That starts pulling you into the QAnon Mm -hmm. cult. Um, You know, prosperity gospel. Only you have the money to donate to me to absolve yourself of your sins. Mm -hmm. Like these leaders can take that toxic individualism and Mm -hmm. use it to manipulate people where with collectivism, I feel like you understand that you might have disagreements with someone, but that's not bad. Where with the way I feel like certain levels of individualism now has been like, well, if you don't subscribe to my beliefs, you're evil. All you have to do is go look at Reddit QAnon casualties or flat earthers who can't break themselves out of the beliefs they developed because they were looking to be someone important because they were told you could be the president of the United States. No, not everyone's destined to be the president of the United States. You may be destined to be the town crier, but we need to understand that you're just as important as, you know, the town mayor. Each person has a role to fulfill in the tribe and the community and collectivism will be what saves us. Yes. If if that ever happens, but I'm, I'm, I mean, Listen, I'm going to say it. Sorry, not sorry. But if y'all aren't going to get vaccinated and COVID's coming for you and it takes you, as far as I'm concerned, each one of your deaths is another step closer to collectivism for the rest of us that went out and got vaccinated. The rest of us that wore masks, the rest of us that were in states that actually cared about other human beings, um, you know, I'm sorry, but if you're not going to get vaccinated, well, I guess you're going to die then. Like, I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. Remember that also those of us wearing masks and getting vaccinated aren't doing it for just ourselves. Yes. In some cases, that might be the situation. Someone could have very bad asthma that if they got COVID, it'd be a death Mm -hmm. sentence. But we're also doing it because it's been proven time and time again, if you're vaccinated and now with Delta rising, if you're vaccinated and masked and both people are masked, transmission is low and you're protecting not only you, but the people around you. I don't always love wearing a mask. I've mm-hmm. gone back to wearing masks in certain places. So have I. I'm trying to protect you as well in case I'm sick. Yes. You know, even if I'm just giving you a cold, guess what? I'm probably not giving you that cold anymore because I'm in a mask. You can be on your anti-mask raid. I'm not getting you sick. 
Exactly. It's not just for me. Exactly. And that's the thing is, you know, other countries look at Japan, Germany, all these other countries. They're actually taught that if you are sick and you have to go out in the public, put a mask on. Like if you look at Japan, you see a lot of people out in public well before COVID wearing masks. It's not a difficult thing. And, you know, you got these guys that, okay, well, why do you carry a gun? Well, I carry a gun to protect me and any other innocents while I'm out in public if someone draws a weapon. Okay, so you do it to protect other Americans. Absolutely. Okay, then why won't you wear a mask? And it's always the same guy. Well, you can carry a gun to protect your fellow humans. Because I can shoot COVID quicker than the mask can stop it. And, and maybe that's it. But it's just like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know, Jake. I, I'm with you on the individualism versus collectivism. I, I definitely agree with you completely. Tribes need to come back. That's what it yes. comes down to. Yeah. Any final thoughts? No, just, you know, everyone out there, just try not to kill one another. Like, just be kind. Special pluggables. Yeah, I got I got some plugs. Um, uh, You can find me on the Critical Mass podcast, uh, if you dare. Um, We had a live show last night that's already that's available already. Um, The video is available on Facebook, um, on our Facebook page, Critical Mass podcast. Um, the audio for that will be available uh, this Friday. Um, the what's what's tomorrow? The twentieth. The twentieth. It'll be available. Um, we're in mid season right now, so check that out. As Jake mentioned before, we at the uh, Star Warriors podcast. I'm going to be hosting a live show um, regarding a recap of Star Wars: The Bad Batch. Um, and you know, check everyone out at DFAT. Really, yeah. Check out our other pods. Uh, With that, I always end on a quote. We've been shitting on Canadians for so long today. Uh, I want you to know if we have any Canadian listeners and you've stuck around this long. I truly do love you guys. I love Canada. I'm glad the border's back open when I feel more comfortable. I'm going to be at Niagara Falls. I'm going to be in Toronto. Um, you know, I was supposed to see Hamilton there before everything goes down. I can't wait to get back into your country. It truly is a beautiful country with a lot to do. So I want to end it on a positive note from a great Canadian. Uh, if you're from the Rochester area, you might remember a little show that played on PBS called the red green show. Uh, so remember I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. Podcast this.